Welcome back to the Rock Me Dead podcast. It's been an absolute electric week of weekend rugby, both here and across the Dutch and the Metropolitan competition has been heating up in Mm. Brisbane and Sydney. And with me to discuss it all, as per usual, is Wendell Hussey. G'day, Errol. How are you? Good, mate. I'm uh, I'm always good. Very uh, very big weekend of sport for me. Mm. I uh, kept my nose pretty clean. I uh, parked myself on the Nick Scarly, watched a bunch of league, watched the Masters. Mm. But what was best, I found, was the Super Rugby. And I tell you what, Errol, it was nice to see some competitive games of footy. Unlike in the NRL, where it just seems to be flogging after flogging after flogging. Super Rugby AU, one point in the first game, two points in the second game, a couple of golden point thrillers over there in New Zealand. Competitive footy with evenly matched teams. More of a contest than uh, the NRL. Something for the for the NRL to think about, I think. I think it's something, too, for uh, New South Wales rugby, too, to think about because while they're gone, we do get this electric mm. brand of Australian football that's coming through. This, The type of stuff that we've been waiting years and years, you know, this positive rugby that's coming out, and it's happening each time the Waratahs aren't there. Yeah, it's a funny little coincidence, isn't it? It might be time to start thinking pretty seriously about getting the Sunwolves into Super Rugby AU or the Fijian side, the uh, yeah. Fijian Drua. But if you think that this weekend of rugby was explosive and entertaining, then the first week of Sydney's Shoot Shield brought about some of the best games of rugby I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and we have got Sean Maloney on the show a little bit later on. He's going to talk to us about that competition and other things that are happening in the world of rugby. He'll be coming up on the back end of the show, so make sure you stay tuned for that one. Now, we should get into it with the first game, which was a close game, but maybe not something you'd call a humdinger, the Rebels and the Force on Friday night. They go deep. McCauley drags it down. Here's the ball. They have momentum. No, last week it was that blonde-headed kid from the Waratahs that missed the chance to seal the deal. And this time, unfortunately, it was one of the all-time bests. Uh, Reese Hodge mm. had the chance to uh, bring it home for his team and, and unfortunately just, just didn't get it done. Another blonde kid from Sydney falling short. I was surprised the man coming through who hit Hodge's leg didn't get pinged there. I thought maybe Ooh. they'd have another shot out at the penalty. Do you think he would have got it, though? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, look. Maybe Tamur. kicker. Yeah. Maybe Tamur yep. might have got it. Yep. Yeah, that's Ooh, been Was some... he on the field then at the end? No, massive, no, massive head right. knocks yeah. um, for, for Matty Tamur off there. A bit of blood. That's right. Yeah. Him and Godwin. Ouchie. Ouchie. Yeah, well, you know, that's really 
terrible mm. when I mean like it's all good and well to see a heavy tackle but head clashes are just you know no. there's no winners in a head clash you do not like to see them I'll tell you who I reckon was probably the happiest about Reese Hodge missing that droppy at the end who was that? Jack McGregor fuck <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. kick for touch to to end things and um it gets like tipped and charged down and the rebels get the ball back to potentially win the game i love that he literally as it gets tipped and charged down he literally the next ruck they make the tackle and he just puts his hands on his head and you can see <laughs> you can see the whole realization of what's happened just flashing before yep. him stands next to the ruck at the I think he was the 10 on the blind side, you know, the pillar of the post, one of those yeah. things. And he just puts his hands on his head and just goes, oh, God, oh, God. So I think he was breathing a big, big sigh of relief when yeah. Hodgie when Hodgie sent it um, wide left. I know, it was an absolute crazy win. And I really love the fact that it didn't come down to a penalty. I mm-hmm. think that puts too much pressure on, on one player, where yeah. at least if you're trying to get there for a droppy, the whole team has to create that opportunity. You're taking the game by the scruff of the neck, not yeah. waiting for the opposition to make a mistake. Yeah, you it's know? still confident. It, it's still 30 blokes mm. working towards the same goal where if they blow a long arm, it's uh, really just one man against himself. And I think the winning try for the force really exemplified what kind of a game that was. The rolling mall at the end of the game there. Real game for the forwards. Not a heap of running rugby played there. Only try of the game, rolling over late. I think it kind of uh, summed up what that game was about. Well, it was low scoring. And, mm. and I know that people like to hang a lot of uh, shit on games that uh, <laughs> don't really have that many tries. But I think this one bucked the trend. It was a fantastic game. And, and I know that many, many weeks ago, I said that you know these two teams just didn't have anything. There was no electricity in this. You know, like both teams were like putting a half-flat 9-volt battery against your tongue and feeling a little bit of buzz, but, you know, you don't get that type of red-hot shock that you get from a Brumbies and Reds game. Yeah, real fork in the PowerPoint kind <laughs> of stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the X-Forward coming out in your LI. Wasn't one of my favourite games of footy. The season's obviously been on the line for a while, but at some point, Maybe they just have to look at doing something a little bit different. Maybe forget yeah. the Northern Hemisphere style of footy, mix it up a little bit, play tough up front, but also a bit of pizzazz, a bit of spark. Well, it de- it definitely was a game for the rugby purists. Mm. I mean, but these two teams, being from Melbourne and Perth, they don't really have you know the rugby purists mm. following them. But the um, diehards. Yeah, look. In terms of what it was, I mean, I do say that there was a solid crowd at Amy Park. Mm. Not too bad. I, yeah, I thought it was going to be way worse. Yeah. I thought I was expecting tar numbers, you know. But <laughs> what did they get a couple of weeks ago, mate? I think they got less than the A League in Wollongong this week, which should get you about about two or three thousand. Yeah, not good. Tell you no. what, I did like though. I liked the look of young Jordan Olafella. Yep, young Pom. Mm, he's um pretty highly rated from over there. I think at Leicester, and mm-hmm. he's come over. You can tell the Western Forces don't have a salary cap. Hey? Oh no, he's just uh, living down in a uh, Twiggy's beach house at Cottesloe. Maybe yeah. I'm not a just another <laughs> maybe, expense you know, for Twiggy just, to write uh, up against the uh, just, the old tax bill at the end of the year. Oh yeah, you know, like Twiggy's like this young Jordan bloke. He's uh, on the books at. Uh, Borisky medals as an, yeah, as, a, uh, as a a junior advisor. Yeah, he's yeah. got a he's uh, driving a company Land Cruiser fuel car. Of course, um, we've also supplied him with uh, accommodation in a 
Peppermint Grove, mm. nice part of Perth, and uh, he's, he's also done a few. And a part of his contract stipulates that he must play electric mm. rugby for my sports team. So funny how these things work. It's quite a good setup there they, for Twiggy. How many people do you reckon he messages, or how many people do you reckon the Western Force contact offering them to come and play out at Western Force and get a good setup? It's not very well known, but Western Australia is is essentially lawless, mm. and um, they live how they want to over there. I know that um, particularly um, on the far eastern coast, you know, in Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne, over-governed, you know, they live exactly how their premiers tell them to and I think that trickles down to rugby. Yeah, and, and, is- and I think to answer your question, Twiggy would be throwing kitchen sinks, he would be throwing boots, shoes, mm. thongs, pans at people to come and play for Getting Dan Carter out of retirement. Yeah, interesting how they want to secede from the nation, but they're pretty adamant to stay in Super Rugby AU, the old Western force. Well, Wendell, we've pumped the tyres up about this game for too long because there was a far better one on Friday night. And this was a game for the rugby purists. It was a game for the idle fan. It was a game for a date to come to Suncorp and watch some explosive sports entertainment. I thought it was... Uh, Arguably, it was the match of the Australian season so far. Despair for the Brumbies. She joy for the Reds. They've done it again. And would you believe the full-time margin is identical to their other match-up this year in front of 22,000 at Suncorp. Yeah, right up there with their previous battle down in Canberra. It certainly Better. was a game for everyone. Better, you reckon? Better. Way better. Because both teams, are, you know, they're coming to the pointy end of their season. They're obviously going to be the two teams in the grand final. They both have a win at their home. And when it comes to grand final time, I'm not sure where they're playing the grand final. Are they playing It'll it be in, in Brisbane now. because They're they playing it in one. Brisbane. Yeah. Well, it's going to be an uphill trot for my Brumbies, but we're mm. from the snowy river and we're used to running up and down hills. No, it was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was a cracking game. There were 20,000 people out there at Suncorp on 20, Saturday night. 20,000 screaming Queenslanders mm. at Suncorp. And there's nothing scarier than 20,000 screaming Queenslanders. So obviously quite intimidating for the Brumbies there. But they put, yep. in, a, they put in a fair show and I thought they were potentially going to snatch it at the end there. Nick Berry with a big fakie at the breakdown. Brumby's attacking on the line. Looks like the arm's going to come out because Liam Wright is just scrambling all over the breakdown, trying to flick the ball out. Nick Berry just goes, uh, mm, and then drops it back down. You could hear everyone just be like, what, what just happened? And then Dalgunu, instead of kicking the ball out, just kicks the ball downfield, keeps it alive. Yep. A little bit similar to Jack McGregor, just uh, outside back who doesn't want the game to end, just wants to keep playing on, and all his forwards just going, what did you just do that for? Mate, I tell you what, you should have seen the look on Taniela Tupo's face. I mean, he played that entire game like he was a back. Like He can he, just play 80 now. Mate, Tupo was playing that type of rugby that I've explained in the past, that Kiwi style of rugby where you just pick your man and you run at him. You don't try and run around him. He's a prop. Look, they don't usually run around much, but he trucked so much nut mm. just running that ball up, and he played 80 minutes. A full semi-trailer of nut trucked, and he absolutely fended the fuck out of Murrahead coming across field there. That Mate, was scary stuff. Damn near palmed that man bun clean off his head, he did. It was crazy stuff, and James O'Connor, you harp on about yep. it each week, really mature. He's obviously he's going to be the Wallabies town, I reckon. Potentially, they're talking about him being the captain as well. Just 
taking points down 14 nil. Teams rattled. Things are looking a bit bit dicey. Mm-hmm. Similar to that game down in Canberra. Jock just points to the sticks. Keeps the scoreboard ticking Takes over. Just because he knows the Reds. Reds are hot. They can score from anywhere. They got the players to just to bring the game home, and so they're just keeping it ticking over, keeping it ticking over, yep. bringing it back. Doing just, really well. I know it might be a little bit earlier. It might be a little bit too late, but there's becoming a little bit of a parallel between Dan Carter and James mm-hmm. O'Connor is that Dan Carter built that team around him and, and he took a lot of responsibility, scored a fuckload of points mm. when he needed to, but he also kept track of the game and scored points at absolutely critical times. Yeah, yeah I think so. And I like the way that he's building up resilience-wise. Obviously, uh, the Saviour World program that he's in where, you know, you lug rocks and you jump in ice bars and you walk yeah, outside in the cold. not a fan of that, man. Obviously, that kind of stuff has built up James O'Connor's resilience because when he throws that intercept pass that causes the try and puts them down to 14-0 under the pump, you know, that's the kind of thing where you see players drop their head and they're a little bit rattled after that and they take a while to get settled. James O'Connor just found a way to get back in the game, as you said, kept accumulating points and just knew that the team and himself is resilient enough to get the win in the end. Love him kicking to the wingers as well. It's obviously something rugby league loves to do. They love kicking to their wingers. You always see a lot of advantages in rugby union where they just like, they do something ridiculous or they do a shitty little kick or they just don't bother. Whereas Jock seems to be going arms out, let's go. I'm going to put this up for one of my wingers, Geordie Pattaya, physical specimen to just get up above and pluck it out and potentially get the seven points. It's a... legitimate opportunity to score a try and it's far more dangerous than just trying something just stupid and ridiculous. So I love to see it, particularly with Vunavalu coming back. I reckon anytime the arm goes out, let's get a bomb up on the try line. I'll tell you what though, I didn't really rate their chances without Hunter, but you know, the Reds to their credit, I mean, they're, they've got depth. Mm. Sign of a good system that young yeah. Josh Flute can just come in and, and rip yeah. up, you know? You know, aside from Jock, they're the biggest boots on the field to fill and he, mm. he filled them to the point where they were spilling out. Love the head Overflowing on like watching mm. a 19-year-old try and pour a beer. Or a 19-year-old go out with his mates fresh out of high school, just feeling bulletproof, yeah. feeling invincible. Got the confidence in the structures around him that he's then, just you know, going to back himself and he's going to have a go. Overflowing himself, really, you know, out of his mouth, into the gutter, mm-hmm. down the valley. Yeah, but just knowing that the boys are there for you, ready to back you up, get you through to the next thing. Brad Thorne had some interesting comments after the game. He said, there was a move in the All Blacks called pass the ball to Jonah because he's so good. <laughs> That's a good move, and I just think Jordan Pataya is one of those special guys. They're just that good. Thoughts on Jonah Loma and Jordan Pataya comparisons? Well, mate, I think it's foolish to uh, compare anyone to Jonah Lomu, but mm. if anyone was going to come close at all, I mean, just even have a candle to him, I think it was Lottie Takiri. Yeah, right. So you don't think we'll be seeing a Jordan Pattaya no. 2022 video game coming out anytime soon? Oh, Jordan Pattaya I rugby? I don't know what the international thirst is for a uh, another rugby game, but, you know. A lot I'm of sure. diehard rugby 08 fans out there, let me tell you. Yep, I know there's about as, as many of them as as many people who go to go and watch the game. So I guess a uh, pretty uh, saturated market, I'd, I'd say, in terms of... Uh, rugby fanage but you know rugby fans traditionally do have a uh, quite a large amount of disposable mm, income and no and, problems uh, coughing up for a 90 dollar video game i would let the good people at stan probably buy it first and i could get a lend of it mm. if you're listening mr stan we should probably um do something about the intellectual property for jordan Pattaya rugby just lock that up yeah I reckon. it's either him or, or tarman rugby 
Oh, 2021. Yes. Yeah. Career mode of Tarman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the ability to score like 100 points, get 100 points scored against you. Rugby all eight, you could do that. Yeah. Every time Tarman turns up to a game, kids throw empty beer bottles at him <laughs> and the team loses by 140 points. Poor old Tarman. Now we'll move across the ditch to the first golden point game of Super Rugby Altiaroa over uh-huh. the weekend. Damien McKenzie slotting one at the death. Yeah, look, I thought it was uh, thought it was a fantastic game, and I thought these two games over in New Zealand were, you know, some of the highest standard of rugby we've mm. seen in, in the Southern Hemisphere for for donkeys years, mm. really. Oh, we'll read any Kiwi opinion piece or uh, match recap of that game, and they'll tell you exactly the same thing. Just incredible Kiwi rugby skills, sublime, unbelievable. They just can't do it anywhere else like that. No, but unfortunately, I'm not borderline illiterate, so I uh, can't read what they write over there in New Zealand. It's all <laughs> gibberish to me. It might as well be in Russian. Yeah, well, look, someone has told me that apparently over there they're talking about Warren Gatlin not getting the job back at the Chiefs there. He was the coach, wow. and then he's gone across for the Lions. Clayton McMillan, uh, one of your favourites. Gatlin didn't get a win with him in Super Bowl. So there's some chat about... Well, in a month's time, we're all going to find out just how bad Kiwi rugby has gotten mm. because Highlanders versus the Reds, tipping the Reds there on May 14. I mean, you just can't walk past no. the Reds at the moment. Waratahs versus Hurricanes. I can see the Canes getting done by 40 here. Mm. And... Crusaders, Brumbies, geez, you know, the way the Crusaders are going and the way that the Brumbies are humming, I'd say that the Brumbies are going to hand the Crusaders the biggest defeat of all time. Yeah, a late David Havili field goal is not going to do anything for them when they play. And the Waratahs, a couple couple more weeks of gelling under the two new interim coaches. They've obviously fixed all those structural issues. So when they face the Highlanders there, geez, it could get really ugly for Kiwi rugby, I think. Mate, I reckon if the Tars are able to turn their season around and they make a bit of money, everyone on that board should just take out a fat dividend and just pat themselves on the back, you know, maybe do a couple of donuts in yeah. their complimentary Range Rovers. They absolutely deserve it. And they deserve if that it. doesn't happen, then I think they need a large golden handshake to be compensated well, for all of the effort that they've put in. Yeah, if these issues don't work themselves out, I think maybe the New South Wales Rugby Board should really not take a dividend this year. I'd say probably take more of a bonus. Mm. A modest one, you know, like 25 to 50. Yeah. It's only fair, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yes, and as we mentioned before, we have got the new voice of rugby from the new home of rugby, Stan Sports, Sean Maloney. He's uh, come in for the corporate gig (laughs) after being up there in... um, at Suncorp Stadium on Saturday night, and he's joined us in the Desert Rock FM studios. Sean, thank you for making your way out here. Can I just say how awesome it is to be at Desert Rock FM and just to be in and amongst some of the Batuta elite? Mm. I would like to see a situation in the not-too-distant future where you run tours through here, very similar to Jurassic Park, yep. and you're all stored off. So over there is Clancy. Yep. You two have got your own little section, Ooh, yeah. and we're just on those little tracks running through, 
and we get a taste of it too to up yeah. close. There's a market there for you. For I'm sure. I'm telling you. Yeah. A lot of the equipment we have out here in the Channel Country is from the Jurassic Age, I reckon, <laughs> Errol. I've been telling, I've been telling these boys, we've got to upgrade, but purse strings, yep. Errol, over here, yeah. keeps it pretty tight. You no, know, I, can, I can see you be a real penny pincher. Mm. Mm. He's, that's why well. he's the secretary of the Matabatosauruses out here. <laughs> yeah. We can only have a jumping castle if we... Uh, if it's going to be a sellout. Yeah, I mean, right. Like, I'm not, you know, the Smith family of rugby. No, you know, I'm- and nor should you be. No. But you're running a tight P&L, no question. Yeah. We could talk this all day, mm. clearly. Yep. <laughs> should we talk rugby? We oh. should. How are things? Sorry, things going. Things are good. Do you know what? Things are good. I was mm. having a chat with some mates on Sunday off the back of Saturday night's blockbuster between the Reds and the Brumbies. And we're in a good place at the moment, I reckon. Channel yeah. 9 numbers are up ratings-wise. Stan's going really well. Subs keep picking up through Stan as well. And the quality of rugby that we've been treated to this year, particularly by Queensland and ACT, has been just brilliant. It's- yeah. And New Zealand rugby is on the decline. Massive slide. It's on Massive, massive slide. This like, has yeah. to be the year for the Bledisloe. You really do feel. Oh, yeah, I mean, I feel like we've Early. been here. Mm. We've been here. We've said it. We've done it. I've, I've put myself through all kinds of torture, mm. thinking ahead that far and hoping, just hoping beyond hope. But uh, no, we're. I mean, we are just, we've been really lucky this year to have them aim up and really deliver those super rugby AU sides. Man, I reckon Tim Payne and the boys could beat the All Blacks this year. You reckon? Yeah. Dave uh, Warner front row, you reckon? Stark, Hazelwood in the second row? I reckon... Gee, Stark would go well in the row. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big athletic Very fella. Fast. Imagine the line out. You wouldn't even need to lift Stark. Nah, just throw it straight. Tall. Is Good his brother? Reach. High jumper, Olympic high jumper. There Brandon you go. Stark mm-hmm. well. No, he'd be, he'd be good in the row. Uh, there'd be a couple of them who'd go pretty handy, I reckon. You'd have uh, Steve Smith at hooker, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Maybe yeah. halfback? Yeah, somewhere through well, the backs. Bit Probably robotic. Not. Yeah, he's not angry enough to be a halfback, no. is he? no. No. What I would have been a strapping player, I Wada. reckon. Yeah. Oh, what a shame. Yeah, I mean, eight, six. Inside with the crash Inside, ball. outside. Yeah, potentially. Um, Picking so, up off the back of the scrum. So, I mean, potentially, maybe, but issues at the set piece, I'm thinking, if the Australian cricket team took on the All Blacks. Mm. But, uh, guys, and it's not just it's not just that we've got uh, the Reds and uh, Brumbies going along so well. The Force have had good moments this year as yeah. well. The Rebels have showcased us little glimpses along the way. The Tars, even the Tars against the Brumbies a couple of weeks back have shown that they're headed back in the right direction. So, I'm excited. And then at that next level down, and we'll, I'm sure we want to climb into a bit. Yes, club rugby has been humming for the last couple couple of years and doing really well so it's good to see super rugby following suit i don't know about you but for us it feels a little bit like something you can be proud of talking about rugby now i know there was a couple of years there where couldn't agree you kind of whispered yeah. to people oh yeah I yeah watch, I watch the super it's rugby almost like the code's just been listening <laughs> to peter fitzsimons mm. and we've just been doing everything that he's been telling us to do is, you know, sports media, the sports admin people have been doing what he's been saying, and now it's all coming together. It's mm. been, a, it, I mean, it has. It's been a tough sell. I can, I can say that from the coal face. So it's been tricky, but I feel we've legit turned a corner now, and yeah. uh, it's onwards and in 2021. People are excited. I noticed that the RMs and the Baxes have been traded in from Fox Sports. Over at Stan, seems to be a lot of white sneakers, fresh kit. Looks like you guys are having fun. <laughs> We are. We really are. It's a great group as well that uh, the crew at Nine and Stan have assembled and it's just been done a little bit differently. Mm. I mean, you guys would have seen that through some of the pre-half and full-time analysis. They really go yeah. deep dive on that, whipping out some new tools and that kind of thing. And it is 
people, I think, who... And this is not to say that uh, previously it wasn't done by people who uh, love love the code and love the game. That That's definitely not the case, but uh, we, we are. We're really enjoying it. And what's not to enjoy? You get to sit in a commentary box yeah. or sideline or in a studio and you get to watch the game that you love and get to talk about it. So that's flowed through and everyone's really bouncing around in there. In their white kicks. Yeah, yeah, the white kicks. The they're Stan very Smith. fresh. Are they st- am I wearing Stan Smiths? Stan Smiths. Added yeah, yeah. Stan Smith, yeah. Adidas. Yeah. yeah. I, generally, say, I'm just cutting there. around in, in flip-flops, so to get shoes on full stops, a bit of a, yeah. uh, an accomplishment for me. Yeah, fair. No, I've been loving all of the new kit that's been getting around Stan Sport. How long did it take guys like Justin Harrison to, to learn how to press the buttons on those big screens there? Was it a lot of workshops? You look at him and you think that's a three- to four-year project. Mm. Mm-hmm. In it's actuality... Incredible. He was 30 seconds. He's so smart. He's like two guys that actually the three of them uh, most would not know. Justin Harrison, hyper intelligent. Andrew Mm. Mertens plays the, is it Clown Prince? Clown Jester? The Jester, yeah, yeah. He's the the Jester, laughy, laughy. He's one of the smartest guys I've ever met. His ability to retain info and that kind of stuff. He's ridiculous. Morgan Tyranny as well, very, Mm. very sharp. So those guys, when they were thrown onto that analyzer, um, bang, they just picked it up straight away. They were whizzing left and right and zooming in and throwing in eye lines and X's and O's. Mm. It's very impressive. Yeah, nice. Has it got a good feel as well around the set? Is everything just... Yeah. It feels nice? Well, you know, you've been in there. Mm. You came in. We were graced with your presence for that uh, Rugby Heaven uh, episode that you you bounced on before Rugby Dead got rolling. So it is... uh, I'd imagine that in some quarters, TV can be quite tricky, but that doesn't translate rugby. Like rugby, wherever you go, it's there's no egos. They get checked and uh, everyone gets on really well. And I hope that comes through on set and also on air as well via uh, comms. Certainly has. And we've seen the Shoot Shield kick off over the weekend and the Hospital Cup, which is exciting. Why do you think club rugby has done so well in recent years? I think it's just that tribalism. I think yeah. that you grew up with a club. I mean, you played junior rugby at one of those Shoot Shield or Hospital Cup clubs or in the John Iden or over in Perth. They've got a good thing running in the, uh, I think it's the Pindara. Yeah, they call yeah, it the, yeah. the Pindara over there. And you're linked to that and you never deviate away from it. There's no switching. There's no chopping or changing. As a kid, you play for that club. You wear that jersey. You wear those socks and you don't go elsewhere. For the most part, unless and that's you what tra- unless play you manly, know. and then you go to Warringah, yeah, and then you then you spend five years on the outer with your family. Yeah, um, my dad's only just started talking to me again. That was uh, well over a decade ago. Yeah. Um. So yeah, some people make that jump, but for the most <laughs> part, they stay in the same spot, and uh, and it flows through like, it, and that's why it's now up on stand. I just like I'm looking the other day. Oh, I did the numbers. Basically, on stand, you're getting. Uh, shoot shield game for 40 cents so I, I, I times that out so 40 cents a week that's right so yeah so we're looking at 10 bucks a month as the yeah. add-on plus so you got six games every weekend so it's two bucks 50 a yeah. week and then you you work it back from there it's like 40 cents a game yeah for good coverage of good club rugby you got three cameras on some of those two on the others and they're ironing out a cu- there's a couple of yeah. little oh, tweaks that needed to get addressed yeah. but that's going to happen but you do get one game for free though a week. You do? So it's even cheaper. Oh, it's so cheap. Down to about <laughs> that's, that's why you're the numbers, man. 38 cents. That's why you're the numbers, man. Absolute bargain. 
And you can feel the vibe in the crowd as well, I reckon. That's what I quite enjoy, particularly as well with that club championship between East and Gordon. You can feel just the buzz. You can see everyone getting around it, having a few tins on a Saturday afternoon. The Tigers boys were in that the other week, weren't Mm. they? They were like jacked up to be a part of that sideline. Like glory days running onto the field after the kick. Glory days in their Birkenstocks. (laughs) Like they were really, really into it. Yeah. I don't know what they were fueling up on at Tigerland that one afternoon, mm. but pre-kickoff they were a little screwy sideline the East Boys, and yeah. they were they were set to party. And when uh, it's Eli, I think it might have been Eli Pills, one of the great surnames, Pills whipped through that uh, match-winning penalty goal. Yeah. I mean, they just went berserk. Well, I guess it would have been a lot of COVID stuff for them last year. You know what I mean? Checking I mean, in, only yep. watch your yeah. game, and then bugger yeah. off unless you're backing up. So that's a good point. The excuse to just I never get understood down there. any of those rules, but that's a very good yeah. point that you particularly make. like you know you tackle someone for 80 minutes <laughs> and then at the end of the game you don't shake hands, you just and, fist bump. Yeah, and you can't sing in the sheds, but you've just been breathing on each other for 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't sing the team song. Confusing. But hopefully that's that's, that's all out in the, the back door. Well, at least you know. The back line, they knew how to socially distance from, you know, from day dot. Yes. So yes. I don't think. Yes. And they never go to team drinks anyway. And they no. always, you know. No, not invited. But no. no, it is great that it's up and running. Uh, hopefully this is, I mean, we've got Brisbane and the city teed up. Hopefully in time we can bring uh, ACT and WA into the club rugby bubble on yeah. stand as well and, and give them some love too because uh, people want to watch it. They love it. Mm. And a couple new teams. To this time around, the Hunter Wildfires. The they, Wildfires. Uh, they came out of nowhere. That you know, they went all right last year mm. in their first year. The Wildfires. Yeah. A bit of a controversial name. Yeah, the know? Wildfires. Yeah. Uh, very well coached by Bubba Coleman, uh, yeah. brother of Darren Coleman, who obviously won the premiership with Gordon. He's now doing his thing at the MLR. Uh, picked up some handy additions through the off season as well, so they'll be good. Uh, we've got the return of the Emus. Yes, Pembroke yeah. Emus. As men of the land, as men of the country. I implore you both at some stage this year to find your way to Emu Park for an Emu Burger. Have you heard of the Emu Burger? Have you heard what it entails? Have you heard? Is of it made from re- Emu? It's not, but it could be Jeez. if you know what I'm saying. That's very. I don't know what. I don't know what grade of meat. Yeah. I don't know what animal it comes from, but essentially they've got their game day staff rocking up there at Emu Park, early doors, probably four or five a.m. And they're going to let that bad boy, that patty, sit in just a mess of gravy for many, many hours. Occasionally giving it a poke. Maybe add a little bit more Gravox to it. And then when you hit 2 o'clock, they'll serve you up an emu burger, which is just this fatty, dripping piece of whatever between these freshly cooked Western Sydney buns. And it is the most beautiful thing you'll ever put to your lips, the emu burger. Well, out here in Batuta, we just leave them out in the sun. Yep. They might hours. do that too, actually. Yeah, the day yeah just on the, the concrete <laughs> strip out the back, the slab. Just, just thinking back, they may have learned something from the Batuta crew too. Yeah, really lets the flavours ruminate and brew through the burger. I think that does sound. That it does. I could imagine playing, you know, third grade, fourth grade, maybe fifth grade myself, and yep. um, you finish, and just as the as the hunger starts kicking in after the game, because you don't get it initially after, but as it starts kicking in, you're onto your second can. And then you just go, I'm going to demolish one, maybe two of these emu burgers. And no dinner required. No. You'll be refluxing through to Wednesday at a minimum. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, what a ride. Good for weight loss as well. Right for weight really loss. Really good. Do need some of that stuff. Now, so that's Penrith. That's the emu yeah. burger. Yeah, beautiful. What are some of the stereotypes for the Sydney Club Rugby? Obviously, we're up here in the Channel Country. We don't spend too much time in Sydney. Errol's no. not a particularly big fan of the Harbour City. No. What are some of the stereotypes, Sean, for anyone who's tuning in over the next little while? I don't think they'll ever... I don't think any of these, any of these clubs will ever shake who they are mm. as... 
as a club and what labels been thrown on them from early days of Sydney Shoot Shield. The competition goes back forever. Uh, Everyone Sydney, hates uni? Well, as a general rule, yeah. And yeah. they embrace it. They don't mind that. A bit like Manly wearing seagulls kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They don't mind it. They okay. don't mind it at all. Um, one of the men that helped spearhead that, he reverse engineered, I guess, the hatred of his own club rather than searching for supporters outside of their normal base. He turned people the other way was Tom Carter. When you guys oh, remember yeah. former Waratah Centre, Tom Carter. Uh, was a big Sydney Uni man, still floats around there now. And he would, he would actively engage opposing fans and have them try and hate him that little bit more when he was away from home. You've got to respect that, that I abrasiveness. He owned it. He mm. absolutely owned it. And they're a powerhouse club and uh, they've they've won everything there is to win. So that's uni, yeah. as you say. Most people are and they are happy to embrace that uh, that niggle. Uh, uh, well, they're always known as yeah, the running, running team. That, yeah. that never gets old. When you look at other clubs like Warringah, they've, they've sort of gone a little bit more rough in the recent years because their right. supporter base like to be known as the hillbillies as you guys would have seen the Rat Park has a massive hill over there yeah. uh, and there they wouldn't be they, too many of them left in Sydney would there well they kind of hang up in those back blocks mm. of Narrowena yeah. and Beacon Hill uh, is that then, Insular Peninsula well definitely and they yeah. tumble down and they they get wild so they've got a full range of flannos and that kind of stuff that they're now right selling up. as the hillbillies that'll never change <laughs> north and north you know mm. they part of North Sydney Oval North Shore it's a cracking oval though it's a hell of an Oval. North Shore Beautiful. is North Shore. Uh, there's just some of the. St- I mean, I could go through all thirteen, yeah. but that's just yeah. some. Uh, pa- I'll tell you what, man. Great to see as well. Death Valley returning. So. Uh, Granville Rugby Park, formerly known as Death Valley, has just undergone this beautiful reconstruction. They've got this amazing grandstand in there, new deck. It just looks yeah. smick as. Uh, but the reality of it is it will always be Death Valley. It doesn't matter what you put in that place. It will be forever Where'd that known. name come from? Well, just from, it became a graveyard for teams that went out there. Parramatta, through the early 80s in particular, were just the most brutal Sydney club rugby team you could ever be unfortunate enough to come up against. They would yeah. just wipe guys mm. left and right. Who used to play for them? Like any uh, the Melrose brothers were probably the greats. the Melrose brothers were probably the the biggest trio yeah. to come through there. But just hard men who yeah. just like whacking blokes every yeah. Saturday at three pm, uh, and that's where you went to go under to Death yeah. Valley at Granville. Say your hard men who didn't want to be represented by you know tar man. And no, and didn't no, go to a handful of schools in uh, <laughs> Sydney's lower no. North Shore and eastern suburbs. No, maybe these are these are guys from Marylands and Greystones who just like hurting people of a weekend, and uh, yep. and they were good at doing it. Made yep. a little bit differently. Yeah, they sounded a lot like the Roma boys. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot out here in the Western Queensland competition. Right, what a regional. Not Queensland too many Reds, not too many rep players, but just muscle. Know, just mm. thirty-five-year-old farm workers who like to destroy people. Just looking to just unload a week's worth of frustration exactly. on the home front on yep. some poor, unsuspecting... A lot uh, of pent-up anger. Yep. You get audited by the ATO and I've obviously... Could, the natural response is to spear tackle an 18-year-old into the cricket pitch. <laughs> and then stand over the top of him and just let him know what you've done to him. Go on, mate. Get up. Uh, that's Roma. It's a huge release. Yeah, that's you can pa- power and Roma. There you yep. go. It's a nice Between energy. cities. <laughs> Queensland, New South Wales. They should set up a club championship game of just hard men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Just eight on eight. 
Yeah, okay. Oh, actually, nine on nine. In a grid? Included. Yeah. You, don't in a worry grid. About, you don't worry about the backs? No, just in a grid. A halfback tied to the front of the scrum like a teddy bear tied to the front of a dump truck. <laughs> like in Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make it happen. Talk to the good people can, at Stan and make it Can you it imagine how much they're throwing behind that? They'd oh. probably be broadcasting in 4K, I'd imagine. The Cinecam? Oh, no. Spider, old, you name it. The they'll taxi they'll put it on there. Yeah. They'll put be, it on there. That would be sensational. Where to next? Well, I don't I don't really want to leave. I'm probably just going to set up camp here, man, just so you know. Yeah, I yeah, mean, there's no, plenty of room. I just mean, no, back I there. mean, no rush. Clancy, he does have a nap in that room out the back there. Does, but, he um, does. He'll be up, yeah. he'll be up does shortly, he I think. Does he sleep with his Akubra on his face like most? You know, men of the country do. If Errol doesn't turn the lights off for him, yeah, he'll he do that yep. sometimes. Or otherwise, you know, he just goes home because his dad runs this newspaper, so so he gets to, gets to really station. do what he wants. Yeah. Or is it a multimedia setup? <laughs> We've got it all. We've got it all out here. The Murdoch, the Murdoch over our empire. It's been in the family for, for, yeah. for hundreds of years, this newspaper in, in, in Clancy's family, and he just does really whatever he wants can i just just on the newspaper can i just commend you both and the and the broader team i think the last time we spoke st the backroom staff was numbered up around 50 or 60 so evidently yep. it's a big crew but as we discussed mm. you guys get the bylines you get the headlines some of your recent work has just been chef's kiss Thank so you, good. Well, look, um, the media, the current media cycle has been been giving it to us at the moment. It yeah. really has. Can I, as a fan of both your work, and I've been sent in from some of my mates just to just ask you the question because a lot of them say it's like they're channeled into our uh, WhatsApp group or into our, we've made the shift now to Signal. It's like they're reading our minds. It's like they're data mining us because yeah. we'll be discussing a particular issue. And then bang, in the beautiful way that you do it, the post is up the next day. Well, it happens so many times. Well, yeah, well, it's gotten to the point now where ASIO is coming to us now. Yeah. Where the, um, where the ones who are like, you know, in, <laughs> in our quest for, you know, trying to, to, to see what, you know, ordinary people are, are doing in this country, you know, yeah. we might accidentally uncover a terrorist cell. Yeah. And we have to, right. You know, we have to phone that one in. Sure. I've just stumbled across how to make a fertilizer bomb. I guess I should hand that one in, you know, instead of being like, oh, the, the, here, here. What do you guys know about my thoughts. <laughs> here are my thoughts on blah, blah, blah. It's so like, how do you like, buy the 40 liters here, of stuff without getting like, Here, Here are my thoughts on this infidel government, you know. Does land us uncomfortably yeah. close to Peter it's Dutton, like, unfortunately. It's like, it's like, whoops, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> There would have been a few pipe bombs coming your way when you changed, when you changed clubs yeah. down there a few years ago. Honestly, guys, like, um, and for, for the Ruck Me Dead listeners who aren't across it, most are because most know it is a premier derby in Australian club rugby. Uh, uh, Manly Viraringa Battle of the Beaches Battle of the Beaches battle, Semi-Battle of the Bridge It's the way it's always been There, Don't get me wrong There are many, many other Really good derbies You guys have touched on Your matchups with Roma There's great ones up in Brizzy Obviously across the country There are what there are East Ramwick and Sydney As well as a big one But Manly Viraringa Consistently Is the biggest derby No question um, Which leads to a real hatred Between both clubs Now I came from a family Where my old man was A massive man Manly man, 
And then a uh, number of years back, I got given the opportunity to go and play up at Warringah. Wasn't getting on real well with a Manling coach at that time, so made the jump. And he literally froze me out. It was the most awful thing. He the phone started ringing from Dad. Uh, he just he just turned on me. And then on the one game that Manly played Warringah uh, up at Rat Park. He was there with the Manly guys heckling his watch, own song. Did you win? He, it was, he, but we won. Yeah, right. We won that one particular game, uh, which just further wound him up. It led to another Christmas of no presents from the old man. So uh, it's 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 tough. It's a big battle between those two, and I ended up on the wrong side. I, went, I did go back to Manly, though. I did go back. Oh, to really? You're tired out I finished there, Manly? at Manly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Ironically, against Ringer, that was the last game I played too. Had a nice. That's a nice tie off. Did you win? And we won again. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Synergy. Coming full circle. Well, it's, it's a couple of circles. Yeah. yeah. No, so uh, now just get the chance to uh, to call it, which is a whole lot more fun. Actually, yeah, it is. It's more fun. It does. Well, look, you're making it sound fun at the moment, good. Sean, which yeah. is good. We uh, appreciate you getting behind us as well, Sean, and that's coming gone, on. That's gone quick. Telling the stories. Yeah, I think yeah. we've been... We've gone nearly on half an hour now. Yeah, that rocketed past. Thank you very much for joining us on the Pleasure. Podcast. Lots You've got of fun. my number. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Get you back on, do some recaps, run through it. And you keep doing what you do so well. Much appreciated. So that is and was Sean Maloney from Stan Sport. And as we spoke about, Stan Sport will be covering all of those Hospital Cup and Shoot Shield games in Brisbane and the Harbour City, respectively. So grab the beating heart of rugby in this country with your bare hands and treat yourself to some clubbies. Getting around on a Saturday Arvo while everyone else sits in the sun and drinks tins on the sidelines. Yes, Wendell, it's glorious stuff. Crack a tin of Forex, crack a tin of two is new, whatever shit you drink slap a bit of sausage on some bread and tune in to the shoot shield and hospital cup only on stan sport do yourself a favor but that's all we've got time for this week thanks for your company and good luck to everyone's team unless of course they are the waratahs or sydney uni or east tigers respectively yes anyone but uni apparently anyway bye-bye